what the hell is going on, my friends? Fair warning, I am here to fuck around today. The sun is shining, Chasing Friday is complete, I am recording this podcast on my back deck, and you know what girls love. You know what everybody loves come spring and summer is a big old deck. You spend all winter cooped up just looking to hang on a big deck. Maybe you got to do a little maintenance to the big deck. Maybe you got to paint the big deck. Maybe you got to manscape the big deck. It's none of my business what you have to do to get your deck ready for patio season, pushing porch pints, entertaining. It's here. I can feel it. And the only person that can tell you what to do with your big deck, the person you can trust to groom you, prepare you, landscape you, manscape you. That's what it's all about. This is the perfect time of year to get a little bit of manscaped in your household. Just like a deck needs maintenance, just like a lawn needs maintenance, that is the whole reason why Manscaped exists, is to bring that idea of grooming, prepping, ready for entertaining, if you watch enough HGTV like me, entertain your balls, okay? Entertain that woman or man in your life. Anybody can fuck around with balls. Anybody can play with them, manscape them, make them feel good for the warmer times and chiller vibes. As always, you can go to manscaped.com. Promo code BOTANISTA for 20% off your order and free shipping. The Lawnmower 4.0. It's basically waterproof. You can take it in the shower. You can groom on the go. There is no better synergy between hanging out on a big deck, feeling the sun, getting outside, coming out of your shell again, hitting those goals, looking good, over the clothes, inside the clothes, clothes on, clothes off, clothes optional. It doesn't matter. Manscaped.com. Promo code BUTTONISTA, 20% off. Let's freaking go. Chasing Friday, baby. I am sitting on my big deck. I poured myself a Bloody Mary pretty early in the day after my last uh, formal meeting of the day at 11.30 a.m. And I am heading out on a staycation this weekend. And I think that's why my attitude is so good on this Friday. I can feel the sun. It was a foggy morning. On my drive out to Metabolic, the dog is chilling outside. He's already in the shade, which means he's not cut out for summertime. But I'm breaking the no free toes rule. My toes are exposed outside. I just took my nail polish off, and it is not a pretty sight. But you could just ask YouTuber feet what they think of that. But back to the staycation. Actually, before we go to the staycation, just one more comment on the weather. Um, you know, I talked in past Tuesday's episode this last Tuesday about feeling emotional from my period and just kind of overcome with those, uh, feelings and emotions, negativity, self doubt, and too much information. I don't care. My period only lasts like two days. So after that episode went out and I just aired it all out, got it out with you guys, talked it through, I was feeling fucking phenomenal, super motivated, made my protein shakes. Many of you had comments about the spillage that happened in my bedroom where I get ready. I spilled a smoothie, a protein smoothie that was supposed to help me feel good and get ready. Spilled it all over my underwear drawer, which yes, is combined with my socks and fucking spanks and you name it. I cram it into the drawer uh, as organized and as much as I appear to have my life together, don't ever open my drawers. 
You can open my closet. It's okay. It's not that big. There's a ton of shit in there. Don't get me wrong. But uh, if I get a little loose on my like regimens and my routine, you will see it all come through in the drawers of my dresser because nobody sees it as long as it's put away, out of sight, out of mind. That's how I live my life. But I have been feeling good this week. I think the sun, the warmer weather has been seeping into me. I feel like some of the goals that I've set physically are more in reach now that I can get outside, get a couple extra steps in during the day, and just overall strive for kind of where I want to be come late summer, early fall, because we know now that nothing is going to change dramatically for me if I'm drinking a Bloody Mary right now and I have fucking three weddings to go to in June. So I'm setting my sights on 29. I want to say I want to lose 29 pounds by the time I turn 29 on September 20th. Nothing studded stone. Don't know if it's possible. Don't know if that's a good thing to say out loud, but that's kind of where I'm at in my head. Uh, Again, take the Bloody Mary aside out of the situation. It has tomato juice in it. It's fucking filled with ice. Get over it. So that's what I wanted to say on the motivation for the week. A lot of new people coming into the podcast. I've been hearing it. I'm sure you're confused, a little scared. Just go back in the archives. Eventually, I will reintroduce myself. I will talk a little bit about the backstory and how we've gotten to where we're going. Today would have been actually a great day to do that because the Buttonista podcast, as of this week, is officially two years old. So we started in March of 2020, and nobody asked me, but if you're one of those people that were posting like, oh my God, two years ago, we were just living our life. We had no idea what was about to happen. Shut up. This is not the timeline reminder that we need, okay? You can timeline all the way back to your kegs and eggs, to your baby's first birthday, but I don't need a freaking pandemic doom reminder on my feed that we were just all in this oblivion, not knowing how our world was about to get absolutely rocked because I don't need that reminder. I know what happened. I am the living proof of what happened. We all have enough reminders of the pandemic time. I don't like to see that meme resurfacing or whatever you want to call it, the tweets, the throwbacks. We do not need pandemic throwbacks, okay? Unless you had like a major life moment, like the birth of a baby that is totally aside from the pandemic, let's just put it in the past. Let's move on. That's just all I have to say on that, okay? Wanted to get that out there. Okay, bringing it up to present day. I am heading on a staycation this weekend. I had a lovely couple reach out to me. They own a beautiful Airbnb in the Adirondacks and asked me if I wanted to come stay for the weekend, check out the property and the cute little town that it's in. Now, too fast, too quick. My lifestyle, my motto. When I read this message back in the winter, uh, one of the descriptor awards that I saw was Adirondacks. So for the past two or three months, I've been thinking I am heading to like basically Lake George for a staycation right up my alley. Like I said, the Airbnb is absolutely beautiful. I will record Tuesday's podcast there. So I'll be able to talk about the weekend and what I experienced and all that fun stuff. But before I even get in the car and drive out, let it be known that honestly, maybe I am like a true blonde because now that I'm just saying all these things in a row, like the smoothie spill, you know, all of the things that have been happening to me, And then waiting to Google the location of the Airbnb until last night and find out that it is indeed in 
the Adirondack region, sure, but it's nowhere near Lake George. It's over an hour away from my house in Speculator, New York, which I'm pretty sure I've shared my takes on Lake George before. Obviously, the best way to do it is to have inherited some sort of family property. Your parents have land there, house there, cabin, mansion, boat, you name it. That's the way to live Lake George. If you go up to Lake George for a day like a peasant, Lake George will remind you that you are, in fact, a peasant. It just doesn't work. You just gotta, you gotta have a landing place. You gotta have some sort of uh, stake in the ground when you go to Lake George, I think, even if it's a hotel, a stake, whatever you want to call it. But it's not really a day trip place, in my opinion, especially in the summer when there's so much to offer. But let alone, lo and behold, I'm not even going there. I just thought Speculator was in Lake George because of my limited knowledge of having all of those resources that I just mentioned. And instead, I'm going up towards what I believe is Indian Lake, Oak Mountain. And I'm actually even more excited because I know Lake George. I had a couple things picked out that I wanted to do. But why I am always preaching team staycation is that you get to experience either something familiar in a different way or something new that's right in your backyard, and you get to slow down a little bit. When I did it in the fall at uh, June Farms, I had absolutely no cell service, no Wi-Fi. It was the beginning of the Red Sox playoffs, so apologies to my boyfriend still six months later, and apologies to him again this weekend because um, there are no TVs here, and it's March Madness. So we will be getting into some typical slow-moving adventures Maybe I'll do some writing that I need to catch up on. I might bring a book, but I'm very excited. The property looks beautiful, and even though it's a little bit of a hike out there, I love going new places, love trying new things, and I got a couple recommendations from uh, the Saratoga living design queen herself, Andrea Zappone. She has some ties out to Speculator. She named a handful of restaurants Literally a handful, because you can only imagine. I saw a Trip uh, Advisor top ten speculator restaurant list, and I'm like, "There's no way there's ten total." So the top ten is the top ten, baby. But I'm really looking forward to it. Maybe I can hit a diner out there if we're going to consider that. Uh, maybe not Capital Region, but it is Upstate Diners after all. Follow my page, Upstate Diners, and uh, I'll be posting probably some sort of reels, video content, Airbnb tour. So. I'm just overall very excited, grateful for the opportunity to get a little travel. Um, The way I usually do this weekend uh, or weekends like this is a split between my boyfriend and the senior botanista, basically two most important people in my life. And uh, when you go to a more remote area, I do think 48 hours is a lot to ask from somebody, especially if you're just asking them to tag along on one of these kind of like influencer style trips. So I actually think it's a great way to break it up. Uh, kind of different memories, different experiences with two different people who have two different tastes. So um, that's what I got going on this weekend. I was so busy. I forgot to ask the Buttonista followers and listeners what they are doing this weekend. So maybe I'll toss up a post this afternoon once you listen to the pod. But if I don't have service, if I don't have Wi-Fi, you know where I will be. Uh, All right, moving right along, there's a war going on. There is a war going on that I am waging myself officially starting today. And the war being waged is against Drew Barrymore and her personal stylist. 
I've been sleeping on this and sitting on it for many, many months, probably since I started working from home more often going, uh, you know, two buttons deep full time where I love to stream my morning shows. You all know that today's show third hour today, Hoda and Jenna, and then 11 o'clock AM, which is the new witching hour for daytime television because the Drew Barrymore show is to be honest, it's simply atrocious. It's, you know, a train wreck, a car accident that you can't look away from, all of the synonyms that you can think of. And I know that this is the response that the show got early on, and I know that I've talked about it on this show, in fact, before, but uh, the past few days I've gotten a lot of traction on my commentary about the Drew Barrymore show. A lot of you are agreeing with me, popping up in the DMs, so I figured it would be worth its own little segment because, um, like I said, it wasn't originally well-received. Saturday Night Live did an incredible uh, parody of it with Chloe Fineman. She's known for her impressions on the show, and she does a, like, close your eyes, can't even tell the difference, Drew Barrymore. And it made me laugh out loud. It was so spot on. And to Drew's defense, she started the show during the pandemic. I believe she had no audience. It was all virtual. Today, everybody's still masked up. It's very awkward. But she continues to be on the air. And for those of you that don't watch or don't know, I mean, you all can understand what a daytime talk show is, but she kind of like does this like Drew's news. She sits at a news desk and I don't know if that's the reason why her and her stylist continue to dress her like a 70s detective, a anchorman style reporter, but on a daily basis, she is wearing some sort of bow tie, traditional men's tie, bolo tie, vest, um, like frilly blouse, like the Seinfeld puffy shirt, but with like a huge bow on it, um, a long frumpy skirt, uh, like tweeds, like her personal style on this show is incomprehensible to be on the air every single day in 2022. Um, I don't know where the inspiration is coming from. And I keep saying personal style because I can only imagine that like this is how she wants to dress because the talk show does not have any particular theme. The only thing saving it is her co-host, Ross Matthews, who was like an OG. He's kind of been a sidekick co-host for a long time now. I first encountered him on Chelsea Handler way back in the day on E!, uh, which I absolutely loved that show. I think she was probably part of my you know, inspiration and like motivation to get into entertainment myself. I loved that show. I thought she was great. And Ross Matthews is a hoot. He's super cute, super funny. He's the only like redeemable quality of the Drew Barrymore show. So the personal style is one thing that I cannot get over on the show. It is bizarre. It is weird. She was wearing like a a junior prom, like tuxedo vest today. Like I don't get it. And I don't know if I wage the war on her or her stylist. Obviously, the two are working together, but there's no rhyme or reason. There's no explanation. She doesn't talk about it. The only other thing I can think of is that it's like Shark Tank style or like Judge Judy where they record like, you know, half a dozen episodes in one day because sometimes it's like a freaking like a Hey Arnold, like a cartoon show where she's wearing what I think is the exact same thing or just a very very identical, similar version of the same thing. So that's the first bone to pick. 
The second bone to pick is the content of the show and her personality on the show. Now, if you ask my mom, if you ask like probably 80s and 90s kids, like earlier than me, I guess, like maybe 70s, 80s kids, I have no clue. Drew Barrymore had a tough life. And by tough, I mean her parents were rich and famous. She comes from a long lineage of like actors and Hollywood people. But all I really know, like the Cliff Notes version, is like she got famous at a very young age. I think she kind of had like a party drug phase. Obviously, she's divorced. She's a single mom now. So I understand that there might be some sympathy that she had, even though like she was in the spotlight and well taken care of by, you know, whatever famous parents standards are. She had a little bit of a rough go and a tough life. And I don't remember any major tabloid moments. Like, I don't think there was like a Britney Spears shave your head or anything like that. Um, I want to say, if anything, and maybe it was some like drugs at a young age, but she's been around the ringer. She's been in the spotlight for many, many years. But to come out of the gates with this show, dressed the way she is, and with the overall like persona that she's putting on, um, the single mom thing is kind of a consistent thread. She's constantly peppering questions to people about, you know, their love lives, their relationships, parenting advice, single mom, all of that. And she's kind of on the quest herself to find love. So I think she's talked like dates, dating apps, meeting people. And no matter what the subject matter is of the show, it almost always ends in tears. Like she's like, oh my God, I am so happy you guys have joined me on my show. It's so much to ask of you to be here, but it warms my heart. Oh, oh my God. The tears, the whining, the drama. People love to go to talk shows and get a freebie, honey. They love to look under the chair and find a toaster oven or a New York Times bestselling book. It is not that much to ask. I think the most you're asking is for them to wear these yellow masks when most talk shows have ditched all of those requirements. And it's a lot to ask for your audience to sit there and listen to you cry. She cries in front of all of her guests just this past week, Scarlett Johansson, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I-, I don't understand. Some of your comments in the DMs have said it appears that um, like she might be on drugs. Like she gives off just like a very kind of like, I don't think neurotic is the right word, but like, I don't know. It's too much. I don't even want to say like watch it and like tell me what you think because I'm telling you like this is what the show is. And for some reason, I'm just on the roll in the morning. You know, the later in the day, the less engaged I become with the TV. It's really just background noise. Sometimes I get ideas to talk about on this show if I'm listening to like what's trending and things like that. But it does kind of piss me off, A, that like 90% of celebrities have famous parents. It always blows my mind. People that you don't even think of that you would never know in a million years that you thought made their own way. Just one quick Google and you'll find out that they have famous parents too. It's everybody. I guess that's how Hollywood works. It's um, an inbred society, if you will, I guess. I don't know. It's obviously so much easier to make it when you have the playbook and the resources and the location right in front of you. So not that I dislike celebrities that have famous parents, but I'm always like, oh, 
Like, if you took all of that out of the equation, what would they be? Would they have made it? Would they have made these choices? And then when people just get a goddamn talk show and sabotage it through fashion, emotion, all of that, like, I feel like I need an agent. Let's go. I could do a little TMZ, a little Entertainment Tonight, a little E! News segment. Like, come on. Recognize. Discover me. Somebody discover me. I am easily discoverable right now, okay? I'm young. I can mold myself. I can become what you want me to be. I'm authentic. I have a potty mouth. I like pop culture. What else do you need? I am the I have the bones, okay? Not the facial structure bones. Just like physical able-bodied person, okay? None of the looks, none of that, but we could whip me into a good before and after, I'm sure. I could glow up. I could get the right people. So everything I do, obviously, jokingly, is uh, to groom me for such an opportunity. Obviously, I would love to be famous. I would love to do Drew's News and just turn the goddamn industry on their head and put on a freaking decent outfit every once in a while. So I appreciate your support. I appreciate you allowing me to air my grievances about the Drew Barrymore show. And listen, it's not like I don't, it's not like I don't think she's likable. I just think whatever she's doing in the show, it's a very rude truck that's going by me on my first outdoor show of 2022. Um, It's not like I'm saying I hate Drew Barrymore, but I am saying I hate the Drew Barrymore show. It is just unbearable in my opinion. It's not an unpopular opinion. It is one shared by you, and I'm happy for that. Next up, my friends, what do we have? I don't think I want to call you my friends. What should I call you? I'm not really sure. Um, We'll go with this. I want to talk to Trader Joe. I would like to sit at a boardroom table across from Mr. Trader Joe himself. Maybe even an honorable mention to sit one Jeff Bezos at the table. What I'm looking to do, who I'm looking to speak with in particular, is a grocery store connoisseur. Little Capital Region, business news, deeds and deals, commercial real estate, nobody cares besides me maybe and anybody that lives in Saratoga. The downtown price shopper in Saratoga Springs is closing. Yes, it's a price shopper. No, it's not a Market 32. It is at Railroad Place, a couple blocks behind Broadway, and it's a cute little city store. Now, I'm taking the time to talk about this on the podcast because this is this concept of like downtown grocery stores, I think, is something that separates the capital region and not in a good way. Now, I don't mean separates like it's a selling point. I mean it negatively affects and changes the um not the attitude, the the ability for our capital region cities to function as, you know, the cliche like mini Brooklyns or whatever you want to call them. You need a grocery store in your downtown areas to make them thrive. All of my friends that live in Philadelphia, Boston, New York, guess what they do? They walk to the grocery store. Maybe now they have them delivered because times have changed, but there is an accessible place to get food near them within walking distance. That is like, duh, like that's what a, what a city is. You can have your pharmacy, you can have your coffee shop, you can have your grocery store, you can access 
normal standard amenities because some people in cities don't have a car. Some people want to live in cities and be able to bike and walk. It is literally critical in the fact that all of our downtowns are about to have no grocery stores in them is mind-blowing to me. Am I the next face of commercial real estate development? No, but I know some of those people and I know the conversations are happening. And the fact that now the one city, Saratoga, which I feel like is the most fully functional real city of Troy, Schenectady, Saratoga, Albany, is about to lose one of its like pull factors if you were to move downtown and pay city rent, live in a downtown apartment, is not good. This is not good. I don't know the exact reason why Price Shopper is leaving, but it's not even my main Price Shopper that I go to. But when I live downtown, I could walk there. When I'm downtown and need something quick, whether it's eggs or freaking Worcestershire sauce or a bagel or whatever, that's what it's for. It's easy, quick, and accessible and walkable. Walkable, 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 baby. When we lived in downtown Albany as part of a campaign we did with Redburn Development, it was our job at Two Buttons Deep pre-pandemic to show what it was like to live in downtown Albany. I can't tell you how many times I ran out of eggs or milk or butter or some easy thing that I needed to cook and had to get in the freaking car to go get it. I lived in downtown downtown, not up by Lark Street. There is a price shopper there. But the fact that on a Sunday morning, I could not complete my brunch that was like 75% of the way, my blonde brain didn't work, and there was no convenience store and no downtown supermarket is a shame. That whole part of downtown Albany, the Pearl Street area, was dead on the weekends. Even a lot of the coffee shops and restaurants closed, especially on Sundays. And as much as we loved the city, we loved the potential, that is a huge deterrent. They're building all these apartments and trying to get people to live there, encourage them to use public transportation, ride the CDTA bikes, car share, carpool, park your car, whatever you gotta do. And it wasn't freaking possible to get to a grocery store without driving. Mind freaking blown. Troy, same thing. Oh, it's so cute. It's a mini Brooklyn. It's awesome. Obviously, uh, Vic Christopher at Little Peck's Wine Bar, all that, he stepped up and there is now um, a little tiny market inside of Little Peck's where you can get some necessities. But the reason why I want to talk to Trader Joe, to Jeff Bezos of the Amazon and Whole Foods variety empire, we cannot let this vacant grocery store space at Railroad Place stay vacant in Saratoga. It just ain't going to happen. We got people coming in for the summer. We got Airbnbs. We got people that like to cook at home and don't like to eat out every night. Where are they going to get their groceries? I think Saratoga could attract a Trader Joe's. That's another thing that I want to say about our little cities here in the Capital Region. I am the biggest support local supporter there is, okay? I will choose... Obviously, Stewart's is my number one, but I will choose a local coffee shop, a local place to get tea, a bagel, breakfast, over a chain any single day. However, what I do think chains bring to cities is a sense of legitimacy. If downtown Troy had a Chipotle, I think that's a flex. I think that's a step up. That shows that corporate dollars, that big, huge enterprises believe that our cities have enough vitality and have enough life that we can get in there 
and support a big chain and make their investment of, you know, high priced leases, you know, commercial development, renovations, whatever they have to do to outfit a space. I think that's great. So do I think there should be a Starbucks and a Chipotle and, you know, a friggin Jimmy John's in our downtowns? 100% absolutely. Ithaca, New York has a Jimmy John's, has an Urban Outfitters, has major retailers in it because they know they have the support of the college market, they have people that stick around, and it's just a cool city that cool brands want to be in. I could not support that idea more. I think the fact that Saratoga has a Starbucks is great. I think it's good, healthy competition for the other coffee shops downtown, who, by the way, have obviously benefited, though, probably from the Starbucks not being there uh, this past few months as they're doing renovations, but... I think that is all good for economic development. We want our cities to be able to flex. We want our cities to be able to thrive like a little, you know, neighborhood in Soho or Brooklyn or wherever you want to call it, outskirts of Chicago, uh, Fishtown and Philly or whatever it's called. Like, this is all fine. This is all good. So when one major retailer leaves, even though it's price shopper, even though it's local, I think the effects are negative for the cities overall. And I think the opportunity is there for whoever has the pull politically in the capital region to call Trader Joe himself. The Botanista will be your U.S. ambassador, your Saratoga Springs ambassador. I will put together a book report to give a pitch on why we need a chain grocery store to step it up and step in to Saratoga. Okay? That was a lot. That was a major major soapbox that I just stood on. But I mean it. I believe it. I am here for a reason. I lived in New York City, okay, for a very short amount of time. But I was there. I've been there. I've done that. I believe in the power of the capital region. To any of you that are new here and actually wonder why, like, why else would I start my business here? Why? Like, I could be working in fashion. I could be doing a city thing. I could be at a rooftop bar every night. But I'm not. I'm committed to building something here that doesn't currently exist where there's so much potential for people to be the entrepreneurs, the restaurateurs, whatever you want to do here, open a gym, open a coffee shop, open a nail salon. It is possible in the climate that we live in here in terms of things being relatively affordable, cities being on the come up, a good community of people that should be working together, not in silos. And that was a huge departure from just wanting to sit down with Trader Joe. I have some other things I'd like to talk to Trader Joe himself about but I'm gonna be hot hot to trot on the case I want to see a grocery store replaced in Saratoga and not just Saratoga I want this to happen in the capital region in downtown Albany in downtown Troy in downtown Schenectady so that when I give my pitches and I tell people that the capital region is great and we sell the shit out of all these cool apartments that are being built and all the awesome opportunities that you have to live work stay play whatever you want to call it I think a grocery store is way more important to that equation to get it to success than you actually think. So thank you. I will not say thank you for coming in my TED talk because uh, I decided that something I want to do is I think we can start doing like user submitted nobody asked me but because when you think about it, even though I've been doing nobody asked me but since like 2016, it basically is just another way to say unpopular opinion, which I know other people do on Instagram. But I saw one of my followers said, if you end a sentence by saying, thank you for coming to my TED Talk, basically shut up, F off, unfollow. And I agree. You don't have a TED Talk. You don't even have a podcast. Just kidding. That sounded a little bitchy. Oh, the Bloody Mary's getting a little, a little warm out here in the sun. 
I got to wrap up this show. I got to move on with my day and get out to Speculator New York. But um, I guess those were the big things that I wanted to talk about. Really? How long has it been? Um, all right. I guess we'll just keep it short and sweet then. I have other stuff I can talk about next week. One quick thought uh, that someone did say to me and I, I was going to bring up, but I don't really care anymore because it's over, is I did not dress up in any sort of color for St. Patrick's Day yesterday. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on whether you do or don't dress. And I don't mean dress up, up. But do you represent the color of a popular holiday when it comes up? So yesterday, for example, at the gym, I would say probably 80% of the people at Metabolic had some form of green on. And I understand probably almost 100% of that 80% made a conscious effort to wear green because it's St. Patrick's Day. And I felt a little guilty to admit that I kind of, I feel like I used to judge people that did that. Now, it's it's definitely a circle of life thing because when you're a little kid, obviously your mom, you know, if you have cool parents, people that are, you know, engaged and committed to your uh, fundamental childhood development, you are going to dress up, you're going to make a big deal of it, do all the leprechaun stuff, the Valentine's Day stuff, the Easter stuff. I love that. I'm all for that. I would go balls to the walls for my kids too because if you don't, it's kind of rude, kind of a jerk thing. Um... But then as an adult, like, I picture, like, the 60-year-old, like, hall monitors at school that maybe do it for the kids, too. But I just never liked the idea of, like, walking into a room and someone being like, oh, nice green, like, cool. Like, did you wear green for St. Patrick's Day? Like, cool. And I didn't like the idea of, like, dressing like everyone else. I don't like to match with other adults. I just don't, I don't like the whole twinning thing. Like, I'm not here for any of that. Um, However... I have plenty of green that I could have worn to the gym yesterday and consciously decided I'm not doing it. I don't want to follow the pack. I don't want to get into the mix. But then I showed up at the gym and I will say it was very aesthetically pleasing. Like it calmed my eyes to see a sea of green out there on the floor. And I kind of felt a little left out. And I'm like, am I getting older? Am I getting more cheesy? Like you kind of come around on some of the like hipster things that you once thought and I ended up a little bit split on the decision but then I saw a couple other people say that they also didn't wear it for the same reason and I'm like all right I'm not the minority I'm not being like you know an asshole here saying like I don't want to follow the pack um but I'm curious did you dress up yesterday for St. Patty's Day obviously if you're going to a bar or something I think that's totally different I didn't even put makeup on yesterday I didn't go out besides just errands and you know a dog walk so it's not like I went to like a social gathering and totally said fuck it uh it was more just like do I need to wear green to the gym or can I wear green whatever and then of course like the actual asshole I am I wore an entirely green get up to the gym today on Friday because I'm a big jerk Um, so just, that was just a quick two second thing. Thoughts on that. I didn't wear red on Valentine's day, stuff like that. Um, but maybe I'm coming around, maybe I'm turning a corner into my new old chapter of life where, you know, I get it. We only get so many holidays a year. I made the corned beef and cabbage. I might as well warn a little green if I really wanted to commit. Uh, but that was just a quick aside to the last thing that I want to talk about today. The last thing that I want to talk to you about today is presented by my friends at The Bunker. How about that? The Bunker is a very cool, um, upscale, sexy man cavey 
indoor golf simulator bar. They have one location in Gilderland and one in Clifton Park, another on the way in North Greenbush. And I've been hanging out at the bunker lately. Uh, your man's, he probably already knows about it. He's in there bringing his clubs after work, telling you he's not going to be home for dinner because he's hanging out at the bunker playing a legitimate round of indoor golf. It is so impressive. Like I said, the decor is actually very cool and kind of like a sultry, sexy, like whiskey man cave way, not like a go sports, go team, March Madness whiskey way or uh, man cave way. But the location in Clifton Park is going to be a new spot for the girls to hang out this summer. They have indoor outdoor vibes, garage doors, awesome list of cocktails and beers, all kinds of stuff on tap. And I'm going to be spending a lot of time there. I can tell, like I said, I love the vibe. They're going to have live music from like full bands to just like solo acoustic artists. So next time you're thinking about a happy hour, whether it's a rainy day and you want to stay inside or it's a nice sunny day and you want to sit out on the patio, check out the bunker in Clifton Park, especially also in Gilderland, though, if you're feeling uh, a little bit of a north of the twins or I'm sorry, south of the twins burb situation. I can never fucking get the north way right. I always think like Albany's North, Saratoga South. I always say if I'm going to Saratoga, I say I'm going down, but you're really going up. Whatever. Check out the bunker in Clifton Park. Tell them the Buttonista sent you. We're going to be doing some really cool pop-ups and events with them, maybe some live podcasts. I know I've been teasing the thought of that out soon. So um, go ahead and check out the bunker next time you're in need of a little little date night, little girls night, whatever you're looking for. The bunker is a very cool place to check out if you haven't yet. Last but not least, I want to tell you about Pint Madness going on via Two Buttons Deep and Stewart's Shops. Listen, the first night of March Madness, I think technically it was last night, in my household. Uh, my boyfriend's got a team that he actually supports in it, Providence College. He um, is from that area. He didn't go to school there. He went to St. Rose. but um, So he's been very into it. He's always into it. He loves sports. He does the betting. He does the whole nine. And there were so many games on in my house yesterday. Now, I know there's multiple TVs. I can go sit somewhere else, but I don't like being alone. I don't like just sitting in my bed watching TV while someone else is out there that I could socialize and bother and pester and all the stuff that women do. I mean, women, I mean me. I'm not stereotyping. That's just what I do when I'm home with another person. If March Madness, though, if it's not for you and you're scrolling on your phone while your boyfriend or girlfriend is staring and screaming at the TV, just play Pint Madness. Two Buttons Deep and Stewart's have teamed up to uh, do a bracket with the top 16 selling pint flavors at Stewart's. Now, my only gripe here is that toasted coconut did not make the top 16 or the sweet 16. Um, I guess that means there's more toasted coconut in the uh, bins at Stewart's for me. But we are going to be posting Instagram stories where your favorite ice cream flavors will go head to head. You can vote on which one you think is going to win the bracket. And we will get it all the way down to one one pint madness champion and one person who participates in the voting throughout the entire length of time is going to win free Stewart's ice cream for a year in the form of 52 freaking pints, free pints, pint madness. I think it's a great spin on what I think is just like not the most exciting time of year. I like the upsets now and again. I like to root for the underdogs. I like that where I'm going this weekend has no service and we probably won't be able to watch it, but Follow Two Buttons Deep. Check out Pint Madness. Vote for your fave. Tell me what your favorite pint is. I'll be promoting it, posting it as it goes on. And that's all I have for you today, my friends. 
Have a fabulous weekend. Enjoy the sun. Thank you for chasing Friday with me. Don't forget, obviously, to follow along with the podcast via my Instagram. Subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Always send me recommendations, topics, stuff you want to see. I am so appreciative of the support, of the growth, of the streams that we're getting lately. It's honestly beyond my wildest dreams. I'm so happy to be here. I'm feeling energized and ready to freaking go. Cheers to the weekend. I'll see you Tuesday. Tuesday.